everyone. Welcome to Straight Like That, the podcast hosted by me, Camille Manzor, Instagram's favorite half brown boy. Sorry for the delay in the new episode. You know, scheduling is a little tough when you got a little big time, big time guest trying to come on. But before I get into it, let me go ahead and shout out uh, my sponsor, Roy Love and Company, little candle, wax and room spray company based out of New Orleans. Go ahead, check them out. Link in bio. It's a very blessed candle. Go ahead. Summer's coming up. I know you need to make sure the room's smelling good in case you got guests over and whatnot. But let's go ahead and introduce today's guest. Uh, I got a little scout over in, in Charlotte from London, lived in LA, New York. Now he's in Charlotte, of course. Ben Green. What's going on, Ben? Happy to be here. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's really it. That's really it. <laughs> Appreciate you joining, man. Appreciate it. So let's get right to it then. Uh, so how'd you get into the sport? I mean, so growing up in London, just in general, like, I don't really remember the specifics of how I got into it. To be like, my family wasn't really, wasn't really something like, oh, like my dad was a huge fan or my mom was a huge fan. Mm -hmm. Just kind of growing up around it from what they've told me like when I was young, you know, when you first start going to school, like the, I don't, I don't know what you, what you call it here, but like, it's like before you go to kindergarten. Okay. I was like maybe three, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like daycare, uh, like, pre-K. Yeah, yeah, that kind yeah. of like, you just already at that point, you got kids that are into it. Yeah. I remember like my dad always tells me the story is like, I always want, like, I was a shy kid and there was this place where like, I had friends already at that point and they was going and playing, even as like four years old, this place called Primrose Hill, place mm -hmm. in London. They would go and they play, it's like a little, it was like a little club. And I went like, he took me when I was four, like five or six weekends in a row. And I just sat and watched. I was too shy to go join. I didn't want to do it. And then one day, I guess I just, I guess I just said, yeah, this is the day. Yeah. When, and I, I played, I started doing it. And then kind of from that point onwards, like literally like the rest was history. Then it become, yeah, from four or five years, from four or five years old onwards, like become like the biggest thing in my life. Mm -hmm. and kind of continues to be so to this day i guess that's like the the like og origin story from, yeah, yeah 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 way way back so it's not really like a specific thing it was just i think more like a product of my environment mm -hmm. opposed to it being like a specific figure or or something like that but that's how i initially first yeah four years old just started playing and it kind of just yeah 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 come naturally and i just fell in love with it from that point for sure for sure so did you get involved with I guess clubs or academy. How does it work out there? So it's at the time. So then I started. So this was a club. It's called it was yeah. called Primrose Hill. So you started playing for that. Um, I don't even remember what uh, it starts off. It's not competitive. Like you just you, you go. It's like you go every Saturday morning from that age. Uh, and then as I got older, you start. Uh, it becomes you start playing in in kind of like just like the local leagues. Um, and that's essentially where all of the professional clubs, they come and they scout, like, you know, you hear kids get yeah. scouted at like seven or eight. It's kind of all from those just leagues around, uh, leagues around London. I can't even yeah. remember the names off the top of my head. Um, I eventually moved on to a different, I, one of the coaches that I had had at this place, he went and started his own thing. Um, it was called PPA pro potential Academy is what he called it. And essentially it was. Uh, for kids that was trying to get their make their way into professional academies, he had a pretty big network. He was uh, he was uh, like a part time scout for Brentford at the time, and okay. um, he would essentially set up our team 
to play against a lot of professional academies for kind of exposure and that type of thing for us to get trials. So I joined that team, um, got scouted by a few clubs within the area at the time, went on a couple of trials and all that. But before, um, I, I never stuck. I, I never, I never played for when I was a kid. That I never played for a, for a professional club or anything. Just played against them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, prior to then eventually moving to the to the states. Okay, and how old were you when you moved to the states? Uh, I was 14 when I moved to the states. Okay, so was straight to LA. Straight to LA, straight to Southern California. I did all of high school there. Okay, and did you play uh, on a club there in high school over there? Yeah, so it was weird. Like it was when we first moved, didn't really understand. Like had no idea or gauge of like the level or mm-hmm. what it would be like. Like I come from playing in a pretty com- competitive environment, playing with kids that playing and training with kids that I mean, some of them is now pros today, um, and I, really I kind of it was kind of just figure it out when we got there and yeah so I started off playing playing club then you then you move clubs and you kind of just start to start to figure it out um mm-hmm. so I played yeah I just I played club and high school all throughout the whole time never okay. I didn't never play for for an, for an academy okay okay and while in high school like did you know you wanted to go college yeah for sure I mean even when I first moved like up until okay. up until up until I say I mean I'll probably get into the when we get into the, the later stages, we'll probably, I'll probably end up telling the story. But up until about 20 years old, I wanted to play pro. Like, that was always, that was always, like, always the, the dream. That was always the mindset. Yeah. Um, And then, so that's like, that's why, I, partially how I even ended up in the role that I'm in now is like, second we moved, I become immersed in, okay, so like, what does the landscape look like here? Like, yeah. what's the path? Like, how does it, how does it work? So that was always my mindset as a kid growing up. Like, like you want to keep on playing for as long as you can until of course. you can't anymore, essentially. So that was that was always my mindset for sure. Okay. All right. So go ahead and uh, and talk talk a little bit about like the recruiting aspect, I guess, while in high school. Um, considering what you move when you're 14, you say you don't really know that much about it. So was there anyone kind of guiding you uh regarding how to play in college soccer? Did you go to any like ID camps? So, yeah, like the process was it was, it was interesting. It was interesting. I say, I look, I became pretty informed pretty quickly about how how all of it worked and the exposure. And then when I was lot younger, I went to you would go to a couple of their general ID camps, and then you realize that's not like it's not really going to work that way. Like yeah. it's more kind of like a money grab than anything. These things. Um, so as it as it progressed, kind of tried to make it more centered and, and focused and then look my, my club team was was pretty good we was going to pretty good tournaments there was still exposure right from that side of things um but the recruiting process for me it, it was a lot of it was me reaching out as well you got to be proactive yeah uh, for sure in a video all of that stuff mm-hmm. um it's difficult for me because i during that time i was dealing with a lot of injuries because okay. i had like a huge growth spurt um in that period of time like I went, I was just growing a lot from like, as you do from like the 14 to 17, 18. Yeah, yeah. I probably went from like five, eight to like six, three, six, four in like a kind of oh, wow. three, four year span. So I had knee issues. I had back issues. Um, I, I, I always felt that I was a pretty decent player, but physically I was just so far off it. Like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't really stay fit. And then 
I was still getting a decent amount of interest from a variety of levels, uh, Division One, Division Two, and Division Three into my junior year. And I had some relatively strong Division One interest in my junior year. And then I fractured my back, like a stress fracture on my back, and I pretty much could not play all of my senior year. Oh, damn. Which kind of uh, is makes it difficult with the recruiting process because you like you're not you're not playing in any of the tournaments where the coaches is at. Right. You can't even go if you was gonna go to ID camps. You can't go to any of the ID camps, any of that type of stuff. Um, so it's difficult for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I can get. Do you want me to go further? Like in terms of like when I ended up committing and then yeah, transfer yeah, yeah, all yeah. of that. To, hey man, tell your story. However, I, I, I can I can empathize with the with the back because I had a stress fracture in my L four L five S one as well. And the L five. That's yep. what that's it's painful. Time. Oh, so painful. Yeah. I was like, I'm 17. I have a back yes, brace on my yep. going to school. Yep. I hated <laughs> that thing too, man. I hated it. It was the worst. No, I do not miss that. I, mm. I remember the first time it happened, I was like, I couldn't I couldn't walk. Like when yeah. I first got to afterwards, I was like, yeah. I'm 17 and I can't No, I thought I was paralyzed. I was like, I can't walk. I can't move. It was bad. Yeah. It was yep. bad. But it was all like for me, it was all part of like it was just overuse, like combined with like the speed that I was growing. Mm-hmm all that so i'll try and streamline the story a little bit long story yeah. short I, so i wanted to play division one obviously sure. my goal was to that was that was always my goal all of the interest kind of faded after this injury and i right. couldn't i lost so i ended up committing to a small division three school in colorado springs it was a top, a top 25 program it was like a really like great facilities mm-hmm. um like when i went out to visit like very impressive infrastructure. So they had Division One women's soccer and Division One hockey. So it essentially was Division Three school, but with like Division One facilities. Right, right. So I, I was very much attracted to that from the jump. Um, the conference was very unique as well. It was the only school in Colorado within the conference. So if, if you know about how college soccer works, it's very rare that Division Three schools get on planes. Uh, ever yeah. we were playing every week, every single away game we had to fly to. Um, all of the conference was in Texas and one school in Louisiana, actually, okay. uh, as well in Shreveport. Um, I can't remember the name, Cent- Cent- Centenary Center, I don't know, ah, whatever. Hey, man, maybe. <laughs> uh, so I've been to Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay, nothing to do uh, out there, but okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I went there for my freshman year, um, mainly just like. It was at that point, it was a good academic school um, and top 25 Division three program. I was like, it was really, it felt like my best option mm-hmm. at the time. So I went really with the mindset. I didn't really know what to expect. I just wanted to kind of get healthy and be able to show, like I, I knew the level that I was at and the level that I could reach. Yeah. Um, and... I ended up having a pretty good freshman year. Uh, our team was, and like we was ranked like the, the the ninth best school in division three we lost we were like 16 and 16 three and one that season okay so a good team um uh, it was no it was a good we had a couple all americans on it. it was a it was a it was a it was a high level team okay. i was able to contribute a fair amount uh as a freshman um again i was naive as well i went in this is a mile above i was in colorado springs this is a mile above sea level right um I didn't like I thought I was fit like I wasn't fit enough That's um, a I, yeah. like, I could t- realistically I had a fitness to really only go 30 minutes a game 
Mm. Like if I, if I was being completely honest with myself, if I, if I would have known what I'd known, obviously a couple of years down the line and really work beforehand, I could have scored, I think, um, seven, eight, nine goals my freshman year and had a way bigger impact at that level than I was able to have. But besides the point, I was able to show well, um, uh, get good footage. Mm-hmm. To be honest, my mindset, like Colorado Springs, a very sm- it was a very small place. The school was very small. I- I'd always lived in big cities. Yeah. And I, look, I, at the time still, like I wanted to, I wanted to play a high level. For me, it was a thing like with Division 3 too, like once the spring hit, it's like we could barely get four or five people to come play pickup. You know, it's like the focus was so like my, I really loved it. I still really like, I, I just wanted to play. I wanted to get better. I wanted to improve, right. and push myself. That was always my mindset. So at the end of the season, I said to go to the coach. I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to, I think I want to transfer. I want to at least look into it. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because, yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to play a high level. So I went through that whole process. Uh, I ended up, um I'm mean, I think three division one offers outside of the transfer process okay um which was difficult because coming from division three to to get to get the division one looks coming from a division three school um especially a smaller one um is is not easy so uh it, I was I was thankful to have those those opportunities I ended up committing to uh American University uh who at the okay. time was coming off uh, I think a top 25 season at the time. Um, transferred there. Um, yeah, and that summer before, I was just like, it was the fittest I'd ever been in my life. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, my full focus that summer going in was just, I need to be as fit and sharp as possible. I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I want to want to do this 100%. I like right. sacrifice pretty much all my social life, everything. I was like, I just got to grind and be as fit as possible. Um, and come in and show that I can really compete at this level. Right. Um, like it so, didn't go the way that I... No, go ahead. So question is, I guess, going into the school in Colorado, were you already in that mindset of, I'm here for one year and I'm out come springtime? I would like to say no, but in reality, yes. Okay. Like, that was my mind. Like, I wanted to go into it with an open mind still and right. see... It was a combination with the, with the same thing. Like I don't think the school was a great fit for me as a as a person either, which okay. made it even easier to do that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'd be like, I definitely went in with a like. I feel like I know just like, like a lot of kids that I played with committed to big Division One schools and people. Like I I just I knew that I was good enough to play at that level. Right. So I always wanted to prove to myself that I could play at that level. Okay. Um. So it, it was always in the back of my mind. I wouldn't say I fully went in being like, yeah, I'm 100% gonna gonna cut after my first year. Yeah, but that was a thought in your head. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. The, the, so you ended like, up getting there, you got to American, you worked your ass off all summer. And, and what, was, what was the season like when you got in, preseason? Preseason was a grind. It was yeah. that, that DC humidity as well. Like, yeah, August DC is crazy, oh very goodness. underrated, high humidity. Oh. Oh my goodness! It was it was uh, no, it was it was tough. But I even I remember I mean my first week, uh, like the captain's practices before. Uh, um, even then, like I was like, look, I can like uh, I can definitely do this. You know, mm-hmm. I can definitely play at this level. Uh, but it was difficult for me. Like, I never really felt um, I never really felt like I got the opportunities that I felt that I deserved. I, it felt very political within the program. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just, I didn't have a great 
I didn't have a great experience from that standpoint. Like I felt like I should have been playing more than I was. Um, all of that type of stuff. The people there, great. I met some, I met some great people there. I love the city. Um, and ultimately, like it really helped me get to where I am today as well. As like, I I was able to play in in about I think nine games in the first part of the season, and I ended up uh, fracturing my ankle and I missed the rest of. Uh, that was that was it for me. Right. By getting to what I was saying earlier, when sort of at, at the time still I was like, I want to try and like see where I can take this, see if I can play uh, USL or whatever it might be. You know, that's right. right. And I remember we played. It was my first game there actually. Um, we played at Maryland. Okay. Um, uh, I think I played the whole second half. I played the whole yeah the whole second half, and. Eric Williamson was at Maryland at the time. The, okay, the baller at Portland. Yeah. Yeah. And he had just come back from captain in the US on the 20s at the at the wow. 2017, at the 2017 World Cup. And I was chasing shadows when I told <laughs> him I could not get anywhere close to him. I'd been so tired after a game in my life. I collapsed. Like there's a, there's a funny picture of like me after someone and the photographer after the game on my yeah. My kit is just over my head, <laughs> wet pouring. Like this is, this is like, and there was there was tons of MLS. But I don't remember. Uh, there were tons of MLS, like Donovan Pines was on that. Like there was there was a lot of I think eight or nine guys from that. Now Maryland's loaded. Even yeah. I think when Oliver came on to, to for an episode, he was talking about how like their facility is like a stadium. Yeah. You walk in there, and boom. It's just national championship kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And multiple years too. Yes, and yeah, the, the the team that specific team that was yeah that was uh, a Marseillez who now plays for Atlanta. He was also uh -huh. playing. I get no, it was there was there's at least six guys I think who currently uh, play for MLS teams that was playing in that game. Pretty much after that, I had the realization pretty quick, like in those coming weeks and months as well, that yeah, like this is not for me. You know, like I'm yeah. not that. Like, and a lot of like I'm lucky that I had was able to have that realization at that point. Mm -hmm. And be like, look, I, I, I played against him firsthand. I was like, this is this is the level, yeah. you know, like this is it. And I was like, I'm nowhere close to this. I'm never mm -hmm. going to be close to this. Like I have, yes, you can always like, maybe if I would have done, like yes, maybe you can keep chasing it or whatever right. it might be. But I had to realize it, and it helped. Then when I, well, I picked up that ankle injury, um, and it, from that point onwards, it kind of it shifted my mindset and I come to the realization that, yeah, like I'm probably like, I'm not going to play professional, um, but how can I? And at that point it was like, I hurt my, uh, hurt my ankle. I wasn't really enjoying, uh, I, I didn't see a future for myself from a playing perspective there either at that point with the way they had gone with the staff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I was like, I hadn't even looked at I was like, transfer her, I didn't even look at the majors. I was like, I don't know what. I was like, shit, that's that was my mindset at the time. I was making all my decisions solely on like where I wanted to play. Right, uh, right. Like everything was revolving around that for the most right. part. I was like, I'm looking at the majors. I'm like, I don't want to do any of these things. <laughs> that point, I'm like, I've already transferred once. I'm like, I know I'm not going to play pro anymore. Like mm -hmm. I had this realized like this kind of wake up call. And how old were you uh, when you had that? Uh, say that again. How old were you when you had that realization? It was my sophomore year. Okay. So at 19, 20? 19, 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, at the time, I was like, I knew I wanted to work in football in some capacity. I had no idea what really. Yeah. Uh, I had certain interests, whatever, but I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like at that point. 
Um, but I knew I, I needed to be proactive and make an active decision in terms of like, okay, how can I, how can I figure out at least what this yeah. next step is going to look like for me? So then I ended up, so I, at this point, I'd gone to three schools in two years. Um, so I transferred to NYU um, because I didn't even know sports management existed as a major. Uh, so when I figured that out, I was like, if, if there's any way, like if, if I'm going to put my academics towards anything and I know I want to work in football, this has to be the best. Yeah, that's the best one for you. This, I at least have to go give this a go. Right, right. It was a lot of deliberation. I love the people that I met at American and it was, I'd already moved schools once. It was like, I went through a lot of, but as a type of person that once I set my mind to something and when I felt like, okay, this is what's going to be best, like, yeah, I kind of stuck with it. Luckily, yeah. like my family supported the, support the decision to do it so then I went I went there uh I had really bad at this point like my, I had had ankle surgery I was really struggling to recover and when I was rehabbing I was I kind of still wanted to play just because I love it um I was I was rehabbing and I picked up like different stress fractures in my foot like it was a, it was a nightmare so I'm I didn't play at all my junior year okay and, uh, I did my senior year playing at NYU still I was able to like at least just enjoy it for one more year, have fun, yeah. get that yeah. last like competitive uh, edge at least at, at, at the collegiate level before kind of taking taking the next steps, and that at least kind of wraps up the the, the college playing portion of it at, at least. But, yeah, 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 yeah. So out of the out of the three schools you went to, you you played in in basically every division because isn't NYU D two technically, or is it D one? No, NYU is D three. Oh, it's D3. D3 as well. Oh, it's, uh, the UA, it's probably the most competitive Division Three soccer conference in the country. Okay. Well, I just had a stinker live, so that's okay. Well, anyway, you play you played in, in, in two different two different divisions. Uh and like you said, while you were an American playing against Maryland, you noticed the difference. I guess between the two D three while in Colorado and NYU, did you notice any type of difference there? Oh, between those two? Between yeah, between those two. Uh, yeah. I mean, at that point too, like it was this was my freshman year versus my senior year, so it was yeah. a big. I, I was a lot more like I, I knew what I could give. Like I, again, I was playing basically on one leg at that point. Yeah, but like, I was still able to start the majority of the games. Okay, uh, have a big impact in the best Division Three conference in the in in the country. Mm -hmm. Definitely, the level was a lot higher in general than my freshman year. Just because the the just the conference in general was stronger, but yeah, the the, the difference between in general the difference between Division Three and Division One is a it's a big it's yeah. a big it's a big difference. Yeah, just, yeah, a lot of it is sometimes mentality as well, um, and there's always differences between the top ends of the roster and the bottom ends of the roster. But yeah. like, like when when I was at American, I played Maryland, Georgetown, uh, Oregon State. Um, I played against probably like eight to 10 players that are now currently playing in MLS or were drafted at some point. Like it was, we put a really tough non-conference schedule when I was there because they were coming off a really good season uh, mm -hmm. the year before. Um, and yeah, you just, you're not facing the same type of level of, 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 of competition at all. And a completely different, completely different type of game too. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Okay. So right there, finish your, uh, your last year at NYU. You knew you wanted to work in the sport. How did you, uh, I guess, what was your next steps in, in getting involved? 
So to be honest, at that point, by the time I was graduating, I had already like, I already knew exactly what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, I was able to figure that out once I got there. Okay. I was able to understand. So I was, I was, my major was sports business, uh, sports management. And I found out really quickly that I had no interest in sport. I had no interest in the business side of things. I didn't want to work in sports media. I didn't want to work in the, the business like, or marketing sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just wasn't, it didn't grip me at all. That's when I really was able to hone in. Like, hey, when I say I want to work in football, like I want to work directly with the game. Like, yeah, I want okay. to work with the technical side of the game. And it was at that point where like, I'd always had, I'd always had an interest in young players in roster building and just that whole space in general. Um, and that's why I guess. essentially I was just like, yeah, I want to, I was able to pinpoint, like, I think I want to work in player recruitment. I want to work in scout. I want to work in talent, talent, talent evaluation within I was realistic too, like within MLS, mm-hmm. like that's So at that point, this is once, like this is, I moved to college in New York City. There's a lot to do, you know, there's a lot that you can- A lot to do, do in it. New York. Yeah. I, I became so hyper-focused on like, okay, what are the steps I need to take to get to this point? Okay. Knowing that to get into scouting, especially, I, even then, this was a few years ago now, it's changed a lot even in the last few years, but- if you're not an ex-pro, it's not an easy space to get into, um, especially as a younger person. It's not an easy space to get into. So I was, I went to every single MLS club. I looked at all of the technical staffs. I found every single person's LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked at all of their career steps in terms of how they got to how they got to those roles. I reached out to whoever was going to respond to me. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I, at this point in my this is my junior year, sophomore junior year of college. I knew I knew off the top of my head the technical staffs of every single MLS club. I would sacrifice my weekends. I'd watch I'd watch four to six MLS games, full games a weekend, and take notes. I was like, I know I need to know this league like the back of my hand. I need yeah. to I need to. So I, I essentially sacrificed my social life to know MLS better than anyone else could know MLS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's you got to stand out too. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So those are the first steps that I started to take really was at that point. Okay. Okay. These are the first steps. This is what I know I have to do. I need to talk to whoever, let me network with, with, with whoever I possibly can. And if you want to work in this league, you have to know this league. You have to know what works. You have to know what doesn't work. Yeah. You have to know everything possible about the league. So that's kind of what was the first steps that I took. This was, yeah. And I had, I, know, I just took a lot of sacrifice uh, um, in order to do so like Saturday nights in New York, on my own, on my laptop, watching games, taking notes in a notebook, you know, like that's, but that's, that's kind of, I was so passionate about it that I was so, I was so driven to know that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. That it didn't even feel like a burden like, at the time. You were enjoying it though. I was enjoying parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I was like, yeah, I don't want to watch anymore. I don't want to watch anymore. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, for the, for the, for the most part, I was enjoying it. And I was still, because, like I, I was really close with my teammates uh, at American, so I was still, I was still really tapped into the college space and the college game. Uh, I had a lot of friends that was playing in different Division One colleges around the country from who I grew up playing with. So I was also very like I was watching a lot of college games. Uh, I was honestly mainly just because of from like a 
people that I knew were posted, but it ended up down the road becoming really helpful. So I was also really engaged and, and built up a base knowledge of that space as well. Okay. Okay. After graduating from NYU, what was like your first kind of big job within the sport? So I graduated, I graduated right during COVID. Okay. So it was literally like, yeah, I did my last, I never even graduated. Like I did my last, uh, whatever, two months from, from home and okay. I never went back. I went back, I left for the, for spring break and my final spring break to back home. And I never, never went back, uh, afterwards. Okay. Um, so no, it was, it was not, yeah, it was not straightforward in terms of like, you I mean, like you do it, you can, you reach out trying to, you know, yeah. That's the worst time to be graduating too, man. Lockdown. I'm not sure who's hiring. Exactly. Especially yeah. this is a difficult enough space to get into as it is. In, right. Now in, throw a pandemic on it. Now there's no, like, there's no fans, there's no gate receipts. There's, mm. it's, there's even less money. Um, so essentially what I did when I realized like, I, I was more, I was, I was very strict. Like I was so set on doing this. I was very strategic about like, I'm not just gonna, I'm not just going to take any job just for the sake of it. Right. Like, I'll just, like, I'll, I'll stay at home. Like I'll buy my time. Like, I'll, I'm going to take the steps necessarily that's going to set me up longer term and just take whatever job I got. Like I, I didn't even think for one second, let me try and get a job in a, in a different space just so I can work. Just, right. so I can, just so I can, just so I can have a job immediately. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky that like I was able to 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 live at home and kind of figure it out during that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, I was just working for free. I was I was doing scouting work at that point. Um, I was working for this for this agency based in Mexico, but they essentially they were they were hired as they would get hired as consultants by MLS clubs to kind of advise on the the Mexican market. Um, So I was at that time, I was watching a lot of uh, Liga MX, Mm -hmm. um, doing scouting reports, learning, learning from the people that I work with there, um, kind of just honing the craft, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same time, I kind of combined that with just from, again, just networking, networking, just doing whatever I possibly could to give, have someone give me a chance. Uh, I got put in touch with the technical director at DC United at the time. And uh, I was able to do some volunteer kind of internship, volunteer mm-hmm. scouting work for them. Again, for me at the time, I was like, okay, as long as I have access to the to the, to the databases, I can keep my knowledge sharp. Yeah. I can keep refining my skill set. Like I have got Y Scout, I've got Insta. Yes, I'm not getting paid, but uh, I know like you're continuously, essentially building a body of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like with anything, like it takes it takes time, it takes practice, it yeah. takes you develop a certain style. You essentially you're working on your eye, and you're working on um, just your base knowledge. Because without a base knowledge, I knew I was never be able to take the step. You have to have the foundation in place. Yeah, I was doing that. I was doing that, um, and then I started a lot of the advice I was given. Like you know, publish your own work. So I started publishing work on Twitter. Whereas like I would, because. I, Luckily, through these kind of this volunteer roles and these these internships, I was able to have access to the to the scouting platforms. I would go through, I'd find young players, uh, I'd start tweeting about them, putting out threads, doing video analysis, uh, kind of breaking basically or just all around globally, all over oh, the world. Wow, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, 
just and like, this was a grind too again no recognition not getting paid nothing like to do one thread the way that i would do it it takes three four hours to, to do it and i was kind of doing this all in my luckily like we couldn't go outside and do anything anyway so there's a you know there's a there's a lot of free time this is right in the heart yeah. all of the lockdowns and everything yeah 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 I coincided with all of that essentially it got to the point where it's like <laughs> I, I i'd interviewed for for a few a couple of mls clubs at that point keep hearing the same things back not enough experience not enough experience all of this like what is the interview know. process like for that though like what kind of questions are they asking what are they looking for it would depend on the roles like i had interviewed like I got interviews from roles, some a couple of them above above what I was qualified for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of them that maybe I felt like I should have got a, a, a better look at or a fairer chance at. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of it comes to me. One of the first group of interviews, I don't even really remember, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't even remember what the types of 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 the questions were. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. kind of informational or whatever. I mean, I, I can get to the the process with with Charlotte in particular. It was more. I'll get to that later, but it was yeah, more sure. kind of concrete. Um, so essentially, at this point, um, doing this, nothing was happening full time. I was I was on the verge of like, look, I don't know what to do. Yeah. It's like I want to start my life. Like I need to, you know, I need to get a job. I want to start making my own money. Like I need to, I need to take the next step in my life. Yeah, I still didn't want to stray from it. Um, again, just through uh, at this point, I was just really kind of plugged in with like the soccer community locally as well. As I was, this was is was in LA, mm-hmm. and um, I had one of one of my one of my closest friends who I grew up playing with, Ronaldo. His name Ronaldo Lomelli. His older brother was a um Jonathan is a is a coach a goalkeeper coach but he was he was involved in a college space then was with Galaxy Academy for a little bit essentially he he had a friend that he had worked with that was um uh coaching at uh, LMU which is a division one school yeah uh, Loyola Marymount exactly Go Lions. there we go <laughs> based out of LA and it was like they were about to restart the season like yeah. kids had just got back from uh from like the COVID lockdown and there was yeah, yeah, yeah. about to start a season. He was like, so look, like they're, they're looking for, for, for help and in any sort of capacity, like if you're interested, let me know. That point I was like, look, I didn't have at the time, like I had no interest in coaching. Uh, I was reluctant to do it. I was like, I, like a lot of the advice that I had gotten from, from people, from people that I'd spoken to in the space was like, stay away from the college game. It's mm-hmm. like going to the college game, you can get stuck there. It can be difficult to take the next step whatever, whatever, whatever. At that point, look, I was like, I just wanted some, it was a step I needed to take in my life. So I said, yes, I had no idea what it was going to look like. Uh, I don't think they really knew how they was going to use me at that point. Okay. But like, I was lucky to go in and be able to kind of show my value and show my worth um, pretty quickly that I could be a pretty valuable member of the staff. Uh, doing a lot of uh, opposition scouting, a lot of kind of uh, player development stuff. Uh, helping helping our guys with kind of with video sessions that type of thing then you know you still travel with the team it was a really good program great people that work there really good environment uh good players too you know a handful of guys that worked with there um uh, are now playing after school and i ended up really really in, enjoying the, the whole experience mm-hmm. um well I, I never thought i would i never saw myself like kind of coaching but kind of 
working with the players on a on a on a on a, on a daily basis and kind of being a part of of that and kind of knowing knowing as a player knowing how positive that experience could be and then me not necessarily experiencing that and bouncing around to three different programs and not really feeling like I was able to maximize that experience for myself being able to take that and be like okay I, I kind of know what I would have liked as a player in this situation and it helps you think on how to act with them yeah exactly so that yeah. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And at that point, I felt like my knowledge of the game was at such an all-time high because of just the amount, like the amount, just prior to this, like all, all the stuff I was doing on my own, mm -hmm. I was like, I can really, from like a specific, like kind of technical and tactical perspective, like I can bring a different outlook as well. And I can help the, the overall group. And I was like, I can help the individual players. I mean, luckily there was a, you know, there's a handful of players that really wanted to play pro. And I was like, look, I, I, I know, like, I, this is what I want to do after this is I, I know what you need to get to this level. And like, I want to help you. I want to help you achieve that. And the ones that really wanted it, like they come in, we watch video, we break down, break down, like step, like every single action from the game, break down. Okay. What could yeah. you do here? What could you, no, and I really enjoyed that. Cause then you see them then implement that in the next game. And it feels like, it feels fulfilling. You know, it feels yeah, rewarding. Good. Yeah. 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 But that first season, we ended up we go went uh, we went undefeated in, in conference. We won the conference. Oh, wow. uh, went to the went to the NCAA tournament. Um, lost in penalties in the second round. I think it was technically we got a first round bye. Mm -hmm. um, but it was it was a top twenty five ranked program throughout the year. Really good group. I really enjoyed the whole experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, went back for another. Four, this was the spring season. Was the fall season because it was the, the COVID year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went back for the fall, did did one more season. Um, Doing the same stuff? Same stuff, same stuff for the okay. most part. I think at that point, like, I felt more, like, I felt really a part of the staff. It was mm -hmm. more, like, it was less, like, obviously, first, it's like a feeling out period. At that point, I was like, I knew my role, I knew what I could bring. Like, I knew yeah. the, the value that I had. And, you know, like, you're, you're, you're close with a guy. And like, I was one of the, obviously, one of the younger, the younger guys on the staff. So it was like, yeah you're able to have the relationships built with the players as well at that point. Yeah, they trust you because of the age. A lot of them returning as well. Um, and then like they knew what, what I was about and they knew how, how I could help them. So it was an easy kind of transition then back uh, for that for that second season. So I uh, did that season again, re really enjoyed it. Um, but then really like, I was looking to just take the next step in life as well. Like I wanted to move out of the house. Okay. Um, just you know, wanted to take take the next kind of like logical step like had an right. opportunity to potentially potentially kind of uh stay on there in a in a um in a in a, in a bigger kind of full-time capacity yeah um but i ended up applying i applied for a job at the mls league office in player relations which i ended up getting and i ended up taking that and then okay moved to new york and, and took a job with the mls league office Okay, all right. Damn, that's a, that's a big step. That's kind of a different vibe too. So how was, uh, talk about that experience. Yeah, that was completely, completely different. So I, I kind of knew it was a really difficult decision because I was really, really loving the coaching and I really loved the people that I worked with. Mm -hmm. um, I loved the program and I really learned to love kind of working with players and kind of like being out, being on a pitch on a daily basis, mm -hmm. being on the bench during the games. And I still like, I'm, I'm really, really competitive. 
like I, I, I miss that. And yeah. like on the bench, you know, during the games, like you still get that same. Yeah, you still get that like, sense. Yeah, that same feeling that like you kind of crave. Uh, so I was like, I was, I was really, I was really enjoying that, but I was still trying to think long term as well. As like, I never saw myself as a head coach, so I was like, okay, if I want to stay in this, like, like where would I go from here? You know, as like, I didn't know. This opportunity came up. Like I spent time in New York before. I knew a lot of people over there. Yeah. Um, so I, I went. I took it. The job is in the player relations department. Like, essentially, I went from being on the pitch every day, coaching with people like on like game, and to like a corporate office essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like uh, it was a just completely, completely different, uh, completely different environment. Um, I learned a lot there, uh, which again really helped me about the intricacies of the league. So essentially, the role was player relations, essentially within the league office, because the league is a single entity. Um, so essentially, when when the league buys players, not the clubs, mm-hmm. so everything transactional to do with transfers and roster building, our department within the league essentially assists the teams in building their rosters within the functions. Mm-hmm. League rules, the salary cap, all of the intricacies, the niche in- intricacies of what comes with MLS yeah, and roster yeah. building. My department's job was ensuring that the clubs are in line with all of those rules okay. and making sure that they're able to maximize kind of what they have within within the guidelines and essentially build their rosters. So everything from paying transfer fees, drafting contracts, doing short-term loan call-ups. Yeah. Uh, managing the discovery lists, um, the affiliate lists. Like it was, it was that kind of thing. It was very administrative. So what I learned a lot, again, I met some good people there. Yeah. You're every day you're communicating with people, uh, sporting directors at clubs, technical directors at clubs. Um, and you're getting an insight into how they go about building their rosters, but you don't have to know football to do the job. You know, okay. like, yeah. Sport, you, a lot of the people had law backgrounds. Um, again, I, I enjoyed it, but like, I couldn't. I was like, I, I don't. This is not for me. Like, this is not. I miss. I miss being like what I feel like I'm good at and what I bring value is um, kind of being closer to the game. And my yeah, 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 the game was like, I, I still always had that. I, I was still trying to maintain my network. Still trying to kind of like stay sharp because it's difficult you have a full-time job but your job doesn't involve actually watching games yeah like, it's different always like you need that the base to, mm-hmm. to take the next step so yeah no it was it was a difficult it was a difficult adjustment but again like i, I learned a lot from that as well yeah yeah yeah. so you spent what like a year there <laughs> i spent seven months seven months okay so you kind of knew seven immediately months. that you know that's that's not what you want to be doing so it was crazy. Like, I wasn't looking to leave. Okay. I knew I wasn't going to be, I, my, I knew I wasn't going to be there long term, but like, I just moved there. Like, I'd only been there seven months. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't looking, I wasn't applying to jobs. Okay. Um, in that first, one of them first summers, what I was referring to before. So Charlotte mm-hmm. was one of the clubs that I had interviewed for, for uh, the Rowers North American Scout. And uh, I got to, I think, pretty far in a in a in a in, a, in an interview process. Whatever, mm-hmm. so like they they had known who I was. I kept brief contact um, from that point onwards, 
what was funny was how they initially knew who I was because I was underqualified on paper for any, even getting interviews for any of these jobs. Okay. The reason I even got an interview was because Lissandro, um, who's someone that I work with now who works at the club, he saw my, my Twitter in 2020. He, wow. he saw my, he saw the, the work that I was posting and um, I guess thought it was good. So he, yeah. he, he knew about me from, from that point and he had reached out to me as well. Um, so I, I had had kind of like a relationship, but this is 2020. Right. So it was like, long story short, ultimately that kind of all the, the grind and the graft of publishing my own work and putting it all out there. Yeah, I got noticed. Yeah. Uh, and look, I, I was able, again, in the time, this was still a couple of years, but I wasn't doing this while I was working at the MLS. This was, right. this was before. Um, but like I had a, a bunch of people from MLS, uh, MLS technical staff follow me on Twitter and mm -hmm. I was able to build some momentum with it and kind of get a little bit of um, attention from the work that I was publishing. Um, but so that's initially how he said, like found me or knew who I was, was from right. the work that I was putting out on Twitter. So long so, so I, I, I interviewed for two separate roles for them previously. Um, got to, I think, the final rounds for both but didn't get either okay same thing kind of oh the experience and mm -hmm. we're talking about they were maybe wanted to help me like do some part-time stuff build the resume whatever nothing came of it mm -hmm. um at this point i didn't even know like i was just doing this job at the league office like i was i don't know what's going to come next i know this is maybe not for me long term but let me just kind of i was enjoying my life in new york uh just let me just stick with it and see what see what happens yeah and like five six months in i get a whatsapp from my now current boss yeah. like, we have this new role opening up i think you'd be perfect for it this is the salary da, 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 da. what do you think i was like wow so i've only been here seven months but end of the day i was just like i was like, i have to i would have really regretted not taking it as i like, for me as like, I'd, I'd wanted to do this for so long i put so much time and effort into doing this right I was like, this is a chance to do it on a full-time basis. Right, right, right. The first time, like really do it. Like this be my full-time job. Like not- yeah, What, like what was the, the title of the job? Um, MLS Next Pro Scout was okay. the title of the job. And he offered you like the job right through WhatsApp, not even like a formal interview or nothing. So like, I don't know if he, I don't know if he like officially offered to me then, but the way that he phrased it, it kind of, I mean, I could, I could ask him and see if that <laughs> yeah. was officially offering it to me or not i then ended up speaking with the with a, uh, like he he so he'd already interviewed me twice so he okay. knew me really well right um and he was like look you just need to talk to our technical director just have a conversation and then we'll see so i had a conversation with the technical director and and the president of 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 next pro of the found like the forming of the mls next pro team um i had a conversation with them and i think on a thursday morning and then uh, my current boss called me that night and was like, yeah, like you now, like you were officially offering you the job. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. And I think I was like, I just need to, I need to think about it for the weekend, speak with my family, figure out some of the like logistical elements of it as well. Um, Cause again, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. I'd just been there seven months, lease, right. all of this stuff. Right. But ultimately, I'm, I was moving somewhere I knew never been before. I knew no people, all yeah. of that. 
end of the day, it was like, look, if I don't, this is always what I wanted to do. I've always wanted to to try it. It was like this, this yes, essentially, I, after the weekend and then I accepted it. Okay, all right. So you moved to, to Charlotte. You broke your lease in New York. You told, you know, the office, hey, I'm leaving. I'm going to be a scout. So you go to Charlotte. When did you move to, to Charlotte? So I took this, I took the job in August of 2022. Okay. Um, but I didn't move. I didn't move until mid-October of 2022. Okay. Okay. And what, I guess, is your role? And like, what do you do for the club? I guess so, starting then and then currently. Yeah. 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 So my title was, is MLS Next Pro Scout. Mm-hmm. But so essentially like I'm, I'm a scout for the club. So my main focus coming in was we were launching. So MLS Next Pro launched last year. Yeah. It's like the reserve league for MLS, like yeah. the kind of not reserve league, developmental league. Yeah. 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 Um, allowing clubs to build a player pathway to the first team. Um, and Charlotte was launching theirs. So this currently in the inaugural season, they were launching. So I was essentially hired to kind of be like, my main focus was on uh, helping build the, the the second team, like being a main scout to, to have the focus be, the way that we work is very collective and like everyone is involved in everything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the main job was kind of building um, building our second team. And then once that was built and even throughout, it's like, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's a very kind of collaborative effort, the way that we, the way that we do things. So, um, how would you build the, how would you build like the, the, that team? Would you go locally to the clubs around there or? Yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was all over. So the way we were very ambitious with the way that we wanted to build it, uh, the coaching staff, we bought a head coach and the assistant coach from, from FC Porto. They'd been there for, 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 uh, the head coach Jose had been there for 10 years at, uh, uh, FC Porto. Um, so we, we had like ambitious goals for the, for the team, um, from the, from, from the jump. And again, like I was kind of in a, in the best way possible thrown into the fire because it was my first time doing this full time. Yeah. Right? I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. Right. I didn't know, I'd never done this before professionally. Um, the span of where we looked and how we did things very, very global college played. So like I led the college scouting process for us, uh, mm-hmm. like the whole draft process. Um, and I had two trips to Brazil throughout the process of, 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 of building the team, a lot of video work, just like a lot of really, really um, long hours and long days, weeks, months going into like setbacks yeah. um, along the way. But it, it was kind of all over the place, to be honest. But my main focus was domestically was, of course, we're going to look at younger USL players as well. Um college game and then certain international markets that we wanted. We had a specific focus on feeling like we could benefit um, from kind of finding gaps in the market and like good market opportunities to bring players in that had the ceiling to then obviously hopefully make it to the first team as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, damn, that's interesting. So you build that team. Are you working with the first team as well? Yeah, so I, I, I... 
we as like a scouting team, we kind of all do it collectively. So uh, okay. since we built the team, I've mainly been doing uh, I've mainly been doing uh, first team work. Um, but then it, look, it varies. Like you, same thing. If there we have scouts all over the world, and it's like if they see a player that they think would be a good fit for next, like the way that we work, we would schedule the games that we watch each week, and then we'll have three times a week we'll have a meeting um with the whole team where we go over our reports and we show clips of all of the players that we've seen okay um, from 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 each schedule essentially on okay. a on a on a on a week to week basis so um yeah that's kind of that's kind of how we how we operate and then yeah right now it's kind of from a scouting perspective it's it's kind of whatever is needed mm-hmm. but theme the second team right now you know there's whatever there's certain needs positionally and with with, with the first team versus the second team. But yeah, it's kind of just a, a, a bit of both. Okay. How, how, I guess a, a question I've always wondered about scouting and stuff. So let's say like you find someone, some kid that you really think is like, you know, he's going to be special. How yeah. do you, I guess, propose them to your club? Like what are the yeah. steps about, you know, that, you know, how do you stay in contact? Are you allowed to contact them? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, for me, I've only worked at one club professionally, so I can only speak to how we do things. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. I think every club has a very different process. And from some of the travels and the trips that I've done, you meet scouts from different clubs and you you start to get an understanding of their processes and, and how they do things. And maybe sometimes their lack of processes, you yeah. know, some of it is, um, look, I mean, the, the way that we operate, obviously if it's video versus live is different, but it's right. a very kind of distinct process where, you see a player, if you flag it, you like it. We've So we have a database where we have reports of all the players we watch, grading systems. So you say, you, you say, say it on video, I say, I see a young player that I really like or any player that I really like. Yeah. Report, and I'll give him the highest possible rating, meaning essentially we want to sign this player. We should sign this player. Then I'll show the clips. If the rest of the team thinks he looks interesting, then the, everyone in the group will, watch, will then watch the player at least once or twice then at that point if it's still positive feedback you then make analysis clips of the player kind of which essentially is a compressed version of everything that we've seen to then present to the sporting director and the head coach and then at that point if they then like the players then when you you know the process starts with the agent and then the actual above my pay grade, yeah. you know, the actual. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, my job, or our job ultimately is like, we can just advise and then whether the player gets signed or not is ultimately out of your control. Right. Um, but that's what the baseline process is. Like, okay, you, you see it, you like, you put a report in the system. Then once we have, again, it depends on the scope. If it's first team, second team, if it's a, if it's a DP, if it's depending on the investment. All yeah, of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once we have whatever, 15 or so reports in on the player, they're all positive. All the higher-ups and the coaching staff also like the player. Then it's like, okay, now we sign the player. And then, okay. you know, that's... that's and that's up to them. You you did your job. You gave them the options. Now it's up to them to, you know, make it happen. Yeah. No, yeah. Essentially, it's... Uh, is, is, is all, all you can do from my position is kind of advice. But no, yeah, it's, sure. it's, it's interesting and it kind of... It, it helps along the way with like you obviously personally individually have a certain vision mm-hmm. about how you see things in general how you see the game how you see roster building and you're all just collecting information the whole time 
So it's like, hopefully when I'm in a position one day where it's like, I'm, I'm the one able to potentially make the final decisions or yeah. have more of a hands-on uh, with the, with the roster and the kind of like the vision and the, and the, and the direct strategy is like, you've now just collected information, information, information. Yeah. And you have a clearer way of how you see things and kind of then how you, how, 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 how you want to go about it from, 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 from your individual perspective as well. So no, it's all, it's all really interesting and you just kind of learning throughout. And then look, the, our live process is also different. Say I'm on a trip in Brazil mm-hmm. and I see a player I like live, but you know, you're seeing so many games consistently one after another, then it's like, okay, I've seen him. I like him. I'll send him back. And then ask uh, the rest of the team can then look at video and then they can collect the clips quicker. If it's a more fast moving process, depending yeah. on, you know, certain tournaments, uh, especially with younger players, it moves really fast. You see the tournament, a player might break out in two or three games. You know, you have to move quick or else the yeah. player, you know, move quick, but stay within the processes and kind of eliminate the risk. A lot of our job is, uh, most of it is kind of making sure we don't sign the wrong players opposed to signing the, the right players <laughs> at the same time, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. don't rush and make a bad decision, you know, making sure we make sure we're saying no to the right players. And then, Within the processes, kind of, if we have to move fast, move fast, but then still kind of follow up our baseline and make sure we're covering all of the bases and make sure, because like, ultimately, like, is you making an investment? Is this going to be a good investment for the club? Yeah. Is this going to be a good investment for the club? Yeah, all yeah. Of that stuff. So, so many moving parts to the actual, what goes into signing a player. Wow, that's really interesting. I swear, I feel like general people who who just watch the game have no idea about the bet, like, you know, the whole story of, how a certain player got to where they are right now yeah. and the whole process behind bringing them to the club. Yeah. Um, there's so much that goes into it. Like a lot yeah. of work, a lot of time. It's not as simple as like, Oh, we like the player. Let's sign him. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, with yeah, MLS, yeah. there's discovery lists, there's mechanisms of how they can come in. There's a salary cap. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times people say, Oh, like this, this, and this. And it's like, look, all we can do, we can try and find the best players possible to fit the way that we want to play that we're within the salary cap, within the budget. And then, you know, hope hope it all works out and we can kind of build the best possible squad for, 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 for both teams. Damn, that's interesting. So, you know, you're enjoying your time in Charlotte right now, but obviously, you know, you, you always see the bigger picture. So what is, I guess, you know, do you have any future aspirations or, or certain goals you want to achieve? Um, they could be short-term with Charlotte. They could be, you know, long-term, you know, just in life. Yeah, honestly, like at this moment in time, really just trying to be as kind of present as possible just take it all day to day learn as much and kind of learn as much as possible and just see where it takes me to be honest okay like I'm, still, I'm still young still figuring it all out like i wish i could be like oh, i know exactly what i want to do and exactly what space i want to be in but no nah, i'd be lying to you if i said that like i'm yeah. still just just trying to be as present as possible take it day to day and then really just kind of see, see where it takes me. And as long as I'm still enjoying what I'm doing and enjoying it with, with the people that I'm doing it with, like that's the, that's the most important thing for me. So yeah. like, sounds, yeah. sounds, sounds, a, sounds a little bit cliche, but. No, no, that's part, bro. That's yeah, like, I don't have no like five year plan or anything where I'm like, yeah. this is the, I, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to become this and then I'm going to become this. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's more just, I'm just kind of going to work hard, you know, keep putting my best foot forward and, if it's going to take me where it takes me, whether it's in football, whether it's not in football, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. There's, there's, no, there's, there's, there's no telling kind of where, where, it could, where it could go. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. 
Yeah, yeah. and you this see point. the the fruits of your labor too, because you were logging in all those shifts, watching all those games, making the the Twitter threads. I mean, had you not done that, maybe you don't end up in Charlotte. Nah, honestly, I, I mean, there's no way I do if I wasn't doing that. That's what I'm uh, saying. So, no so you never know where life takes you, and that's, I guess, like the beauty of life. Yeah, yeah, no, really, and that's something you learn. Like this is on a more like kind of personal, like holistic level. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you think when you're younger, especially you try and predict each move. Yeah, kind of like even this when I when I got offered this job, like come when I was least expecting it. You know, like if you right. if you told me even a year ago that I'd be living in Charlotte right now doing this, I would say you're crazy. Right. I said there's no way. Man, like, it's funny. I, like, yeah, it's funny how much uh, shit can change in one year. Yeah. No, and like you, you, you really begin to learn is like you can't you can't dictate. You, you might want to dictate your life as much as possible, but you can't. You just got to let it unfold. Right. And like it's all it's all kind of part part of the journey. Obviously, you can do stuff within that. But yeah, just be as present as possible and just let life take you wherever it's going to take you. And you can sure. kind of keep working within that. And then, yeah, that's just it's, it's, it's going to go how it's going to go. You know? Yeah, no, that's that's literally the perfect mentality. Hey, all you listeners right now, take note. That was a lot of free game Ben just spilled. All right. Hey, therapy. All right, so, <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and tap into these. Um, Instagram questions. So whenever I announce a guest on the Instagram page, I put up a story with a little, you know, questions for whoever, and people go ahead and, and just just say whatever. Sometimes it's a bunch of nonsense and, and I just disregard it. Sometimes there's some good questions on there. Okay, so let's go ahead and see one. All right, this one was pretty good. And you might have talked uh, about this earlier. Do you plan on, you know, staying in the, the scouting realm? Or do you see yourself moving into the coaching side of things. And I guess now we know you were on that side. So now you have a taste of both. So you have a preference? That is a good question. That is a good question. Because like, there's definitely elements of, uh, of, of the coaching piece that I do miss. Like, like innately the job that I do now can be quite isolating. You know, like it's a lot of, you're watching a lot of film on your own. When you travel, you're traveling by yourself. Like it's a lot of hours spent, and there's part of you that you miss sometimes. The kind of the collaborative, like the collaborative space of being with a team every day, like being on the bench. You know, like that. That there's a, there's a, and working directly with people on a more personal level, um, on a, on a day to day basis. Yeah. But in terms of if I see myself, yeah, it's look. Again, it kind of goes back to what, what I said before. I, I don't really know. Do yeah. I see myself in coaching? To be honest, no. I, I don't. I don't see myself in coaching. Okay. Do I see myself scouting? Honestly, or it depends. You know, like you. When I first set out to kind of want to work in this space, I I, I wanted to be like a, a technical director. That was my kind of my 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 end goal. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that is less so, that's not directly, yes, there's, that's not directly in scouting. That's more to do with the actual construction of the roster and kind of the strategy and the managing and the cap, that type of thing. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure if, if that's what I want to do. Maybe I want to be, uh, of course, if everything keeps going well and you keep progressing, or maybe I want to be a director of scouting one day. Like, to be honest, I've, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of just within that within that space in in some in some capacity, but yeah, I, I, coaching. No, I don't. 
I don't think I would go I would go back to that necessarily at this point but like you okay. can you can you can you can never say never you never um, know yeah you never know what kind of opportunity presents itself yeah yeah all right let's see um any interaction with a player that still resonates with you hmm just like in in gen like a like a personal interaction yeah it could be a personal one i guess with you know a person you were like watching or it could be you know one of your players or anything yeah so this okay this was not this is a i mean this is a, this is a story that, that i like this is not it doesn't involve me personally it's not an actual interaction that i had mm -hmm. but it's kind of somewhat correlated okay so i'll kind of i'll i'll answer it from from that lens okay for our for our second team uh we okay. bought we bought a handful of brazilians um a couple from from the trips that i've gone on and i guess something that the res like two of them when they first when they when they come here they'd never been on a plane before oh. and their first time getting on a plane was moving to charlotte was okay. moving like they're from small small towns like in the, the outskirts of of of, uh, of of sao paulo um you know not always the most easy life yeah um and this is their first time coming um first time coming on a plane you know let alone moving somewhere else and they come here and then when the the, the agents come with them and when they got to uh, our second team players get housed uh and when a player got there he said like said to his agent he's like like i'm i'm living out my dream he's like i'm living out my dream and i'm feeling like i had some sort of when like okay i in seeing the player for the first time in brazil and kind of yeah. playing some sort of role in 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 bringing them here and like kind of being a part of that process is kind of some of the some of the kind of like fulfilling fulfilling yeah. elements of the of the of the job because it's like you're really able to help like on a like positively impact that kid that player's life in a in yeah, a it's life changing kind of literally life life changing way yeah um, for someone like that so I, I say that yes it's not it's not my like look on my day to day like with our players like do I have much much personal interaction not really kind of you see them around the facilities and stuff and passing but mm. it's kind of in my job you have to keep somewhat of a distance as well yeah um you can't get too close with the players because you're you know it's just kind of how it goes yeah yeah it makes sense um but yeah I say that okay yeah no that's a nice story because you basically had an impact on on changing his life yeah no it's cool it's yeah cool. that those those are some of the kind of the interesting elements of it wow okay all right so you were saying how you went on uh on little trips and, and whatnot so you went over to brazil i guess like what was like a scouting trip out in brazil like so the trips in brazil is is a crazy experience it's a crazy experience like it's it's very unique mm -hmm. i mean like i was saying like people think that it's maybe sometimes more glamorous than it is it's like you're not you're not over there in brazil like kind of like on a beach with a drink, like yeah. relaxing, like you're grinding, like you're going to games, like you're going to games in the in the in the favelas, like you're in real rough areas, like you're riding in in literally like in, in bulletproof cars sometimes from from place to place. Like you can sometimes in certain areas, like you can feel the tension and you can feel just like the energy of 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 around you, and especially me as like I was saying, like, like if I'm if I'm rocking up to these places by myself, like. 
there's a good chance I'm not coming back, you know, yeah. from, from, from certain places. Like you have to make sure you're with the right people that know what that 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 know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not you you're not walking down the wrong streets at the at the wrong time or at night, or if you're going to certain uh, this was in in January as a uh, Copinha is called. It's a, it's the biggest under 20 tournament in Brazil. Um, and so it's a lot of small clubs. And sometimes like even the agents who you're driving to the stadium, they're like, yeah, I don't like driving in this neighborhood. I'm like, wow. you don't like driving in this neighborhood. Right. You're from there. Like, yeah. You live here. You don't like driving in this neighborhood. Now I'm definitely uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> now no, I really don't like driving in this neighborhood. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, like it's all part of the, so I went, I went twice in like a, in like a five week span. The first time I was way more shook because everyone, like you tell everyone, oh, I'm going to Brazil. They're like, oh, be careful. I'm like, be careful. Why? Yeah. This is the most, you know, this is one of the, uh, it has one of the, the, the highest homicide rates in, in, in the world, Brazil, like per capita as well. Second time I was more relaxed because like I knew the area I was staying in was good. Like I right. could walk around and not be like, and not be paranoid, but like, yeah, like even, even the ages of people that you're with, they're like, it's common, like, they're like, we got our phones stolen once a month sometimes here, you know, like they have, bullet, they have, they get their cars bulletproof windows because if you're in wrong place, wrong time, like stray bullets or whatever right. it might be, like people, people sticking up cars and, 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 and stealing cars. It's just like, it's, it's everyday life. It's everyday life there. Like beautiful country though. Like yeah. really, like it's, it, it, it really is beautiful country, but like a, a lot of good people, but it's definitely, it's, you have to be hyper aware as well in, in, in certain situations Like I never so far, like I've only been on two trips that I never felt in immediate danger uh, in any, in, in any situations, but you definitely see some things and some places that you wouldn't expect. Like it's kind of amazing. Um, at, at, at the same time, like you have, you're in a stadium and the whole backdrop is like ooh, a huge favela. Like, yeah. This like stadium dropped in the middle of in the in the middle of a, of, a, of a favela. It's like once in once in a lifetime opportunities that if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, I would never find myself in that place. Right. Like, if you're a, if you're a tourist, if you're if you're a fan, like you're never gonna find yourself at a at a at a under twenty game in a stadium in the in the heart of a favela because right. outside of my context, you wouldn't really be able to get there in a in a safe setting potentially. You know. Um, but yeah, no, all of it, super, super, super interesting. And yeah, like unique experiences, not always glamorous as it sounds or the travel, but like right. def- definitely unique. Right. I was just about to say, man, it, it sounds like, oh, I'm going on Brazil on a trip. You're really not going on a vacation trip. You're going oh, on a business trip. It's a little different. It really, it really is. And yeah, it's a yeah, lot yeah. of hard work, but no, it's fun. That's, it's also the best part of the job too. Like yeah. the trip is also, it's also the best part. For sure. For sure. Here, all right, let's, let's get a little... A little bit of a a Charlotte question. Favorite restaurant in Charlotte? Favorite restaurant in Charlotte. Okay. <laughs> so are, are we talking like like, hi, like higher end or is like this summer that I go like weekly? Like we could do both. We could do both. How about that? I say the best restaurant I've been to in Charlotte, like is called Good Food on Montford. Okay. Is a restaurant. Okay. That's a but but that's not like it's like that's like a kind of once in a while type place. It's not like okay. a, a more kind of casual spot that I that I like the most is called Calais Soul. Oh, where's that? In Plaza Midwood. Okay. What kind of food is that? It's kind of like um, I don't know if it's officially it's like Cuban. I think it's Cuban, but it's it's kind of like 
South American inspired uh, okay. cuisine. Okay. <laughs> I'll put it. I'll put it that way. I I, I don't know if it's. I don't want to, I don't think it's a Cuban restaurant. I think it's more South American inspired. Okay. But it might be like an, actually a Cuban restaurant. I'm all, I, I don't, I don't remember 100%, but Cali yeah, But regardless, it's good though. It's good. Yeah. yeah. I, I recommend, <laughs> I recommend good vibes too. Good. Hey, the, perfect. The, 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 the whole energy and whole energy in the spot is good. And what's your go-to there? My go-to there is the, the chicken sandwich, the grilled okay. chicken sandwich with the plantains. Oh, plantains, fire. Yes, it's good. <laughs> it's really good. They have, uh, they have good good cocktails as well. Okay, yeah, for everyone who's 21 and up, that's for y'all. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, I last question. Up. And this, this is kind of funny since, you know, you're from London and now live in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, and I'm a mess up, I don't want to mess up his last name, Flo Balogun? Balogun, yeah. Balogun? Yeah. Did he yeah. make the right move? Honestly, yes. Yeah. I think he 100% made, made, and so we didn't get into this, but I'm a huge, huge Arsenal fan as well. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's an Arsenal, like Balogun yep. is, a, is an Arsenal player. Yep. Where like he's, he's at a certain crossroads in his career where, okay, he went, he's always been a big talent for Arsenal, always been a really, really like exciting youth prospect. Um, but it's, it's difficult to break into the first team, obviously, but uh, so yeah. he's just gone alone and his experience mm-hmm. being that guy. Killing it too. 19 goals in 34 games in, yep. in, in the top five league in the world. Yeah. Like he's experienced being that guy and he knows that he can do it. Mm-hmm. And so you can't like, even from an Arsenal fan perspective, like I, I think he'll probably leave. Like, and I, I can't knock him for it because right. he can do it. And like with Gabriel Jesus, like he's not going to be that guy at Arsenal. It's just not, it's not possible in his current context. Yeah. So I can't blame it. It's a similar situation to kind of like the England versus the US situation. Yeah, yeah. Is he realistically going to be guaranteed opportunities with England? No, not even guaranteed, especially with this is a personal frustration for me as an England fan as well. Gareth Southgate's kind of lack of <laughs> lack of understanding that if a player's not doing well, I don't know if a player is doing well outside of the Premier League, that like they can still play for England. Yeah, he has this weird kind of Premier League bias that like, oh, if they haven't done it in the Premier League, then they're not good enough, which is just it's stupid to be honest. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's and then it's also it, it will prevent like I think it's great when young English players go uh, like to like um, Madueke, like where he went from Spurs under twenty ones to PSV mm-hmm. with dynamic at PSV, and then he's gone back to Ch- like I think there's so much opportunity for young English players in general to go abroad. Mm-hmm. But that kind of closed-minded perspective of kind of European football as a whole and where English players should play, yeah, I think limits the development of a lot of the the the, the talent that that we're able to produce. Long story short, yes, he made a right decision because yes, Ricardo Pepe is a good player, he's a talented player. Josh Sargent, Haji Wright, Balogun is the guy. Like, if committed to the US, like that is your starting number nine. Like, no you think questions. So? I mean, no questions asked. And he had no, a I, he had a good connection with uh, Yunus Musa because that's also a a player from Arsenal's academy. Again, yes, London. Again, like a, just a, a guy from London. Like he's also not like. But look, I think it's I'm I'm all for the players doing this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I I I think it's smart them doing this, and I 100 think he made the right decision. I was joking with a couple of friends. They're like, after we committed, I'm like, yeah, he's gonna 
you're all happy now like he's gonna be back and not he's gonna be back and not Jesus Ferreira like <laughs> <laughs> hey listen don't wish that don't wish that it's a given it's a given but I'm excited for him yeah I'm excited to see I'm excited to see more of, of him and obviously look I'm I'm awful like I want U.S. soccer to develop like I want the national team to get like it's just better for the sport here in general just to keep building so like if they they get the most talent possible I mean I, as long as they don't talk too much shit when they before they play England, <laughs> acting like they've already achieved something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Outside of that, I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm cool yeah. for the, the development of the U.S. national team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Ben, man, thank you for joining, man. You, you, you gave a lot of insight. You know, thank you for sharing your story, um, talking about you know what you do on a day to day basis. I know a lot of people have no clue about exactly what scouting uh, the department do over there. You know exactly what scouts do. Um, so yeah, it was really informational, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining for, for an episode and, uh, yeah, bro. Hey, and lovely to meet you too. Cause this is the first time I actually met you, met you. I uh, know we have, we, I, I feel like I kind of know you, but yeah, yeah through, to... through Oliver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah bro. No, I, I, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, anytime for real, anytime. For sure, bro. For sure. <laughs>